Hi, this is Annette Simmons, and this is the 14th episode of the Story Factor podcast. Today's podcast will be a little different. I had recorded an interview with Leah Tao. Leah was the creative director for The Moth for 10 years, from 2001 to 2010. I edited it in my really lousy editing style, and Leah didn't like it. Uh, She thought that it was the nicest word she said was raw and really I understand as you know the moth stories are perfection they have been working with those storytellers for in some cases two years in many cases a year and their process is completely different from the process that I teach and some of you may know we are all about supporting the teller and In my work, I rarely give the group an opportunity to do more than give appreciations, catch people doing something right so that we build their confidence. But the moth is completely different, um, at least the way Leah did it. Leah describes the first part of the moth process is to dig deep. So she, in the beginning, has just a really long conversation with this person over several sessions. It's kind of like a lengthy interview where she searches for all the interesting elements. She's looking for important events. She's looking for the story. She's asking questions like, well, what else were you going through at the time? Or, so why did you make that choice? So she often has the story in her mind before the teller knows what it is. So that's completely different to the way we work taking from Doug Lippman, my understanding is that if you listen really well, that a storyteller is hooked into their own creative intelligence. And we say that, actually Doug says that if you listen really well, that you never actually even have to say anything, certainly not give a critique, but the moth is different. So she gets the story in her mind And then she starts to coach this person through her questions to find where, for instance, the story begins. And she says sometimes the story, you know, begins 30 years before the actual event. And she begins to piece that together. And she asks the person to step outside themselves as a character. That's part of the process. And sometimes the story balloons to 45 minutes And then she edits it down, saying, well, don't say this, do say that, why don't you try this? And she edits it down to maybe 10 or 15 minutes, which makes for a very intense experience. For instance, with editing the podcast, I had two 30-minute interviews, and she said, well, why don't you take that down to about a good kick-ass 15 minutes? Well, yeah, that's how she does that. That's how the moth does that. I kind of like this raw style where you're just listening to somebody live. And uh, to them, that's the antithesis of of what they do. So the moth process has got a lot more critique, a lot more pushback. Uh, Lee actually said that, you know, you have to almost break them. But that's, uh, you know, if you break somebody, uh, then you're really going to have to build them back up. Now, it makes sense because she said that that nobody can see their own blind spots and that no one really knows the darker side of their own stories. 
probably true because the kind of stories that they're looking for are very, very intense stories. She said that, you know, somebody jumping out of an airplane, well, what are they trying to prove to themselves? So it's not just a happy story about jumping out of an airplane, I took a risk. She'll look for the deeper story. For instance, you know, what was your relationship like with your father? Or, um, you know, when did you first think about jumping out of an airplane? And she'll dig in there to find out what the real deeper conflict is about. And then using that, begin to build scenes so that this conflict builds uh, over time. So you have a vignette, perhaps, of the guy with his father, and then you go to the parachute scene. So the creative director of The Moth, the, the person working with the story, has, and this is a quote from Lee, an enormous amount of authority, and sometimes even more than the storyteller. So it's neither good nor bad. It's just completely different than the way I work. Because one of my primary objectives is uh, to do the best I can to keep my thoughts and my perceptions out of their story. For instance, I did a local storytelling show here uh, in December, uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. And I use the moth format as I understand it. The way I think of the moth format is that it's first person. There are, these stories are, are personal stories told live without notes. Well, in my case, I only had two weeks to find the tellers, to coach the tellers, and to put on, you know, a real show. So when I first started looking for storytellers, I'm like begging them to come appear. Part of the, the process is to have for them to have the confidence to come and do that. Now, very few people in Shreveport even know what the moth is. So I'm not dealing with a community that's uh, familiar with the moth and craving that opportunity to tell their story. You know, I think if I had used the critique format that I would have had an empty stage and nobody telling their story. So it really worked in my circumstance, even though I was using the moth format, to use that appreciative inquiry sort of catch them doing something right process. Uh, Robin, a friend of mine who agreed to tell, who is a raconteur, she didn't need much coaching at all, and her story was hilarious. She said that when Annette gets finished with you, you think you're good enough for NPR, which, of course, we now know is not true. But it did create a great community storytelling show. Of the eight tellers, we had one guy who really bombed, and this guy just did not want to be coached, and that's what happens. But we had two awesome stories where people, it was my experience was moth quality, um, and it's live, and that's different, you know, so the radio has to be even more perfect than what happens live. There's the experience of listening to a story face-to-face -face that enhances the humanity and the emotion of it, and so being in person means that I don't think you have to have quite the polish that the moth would require for something that they know is going to be recorded. Now, the rest of them were, were good, uh, but was that good enough? You know, people at the end of the show, they said they loved it. And uh, the artistic director of our local art, regional arts council was critical. Uh, she said, you know, where was the arc? Where was the narrative arc? And, and she comes from the theater. So I can understand that, that she thought that they needed more co coaching. I think she 
needs to give me more than two weeks to pull something together. So we both um, were right about that. Now, what I found more interesting was that uh, the artistic director, I had a meeting with her yesterday, said that after the storytelling show, she had some family in town. And so they all went together. And after the storytelling show, she said that her family started telling stories and it didn't stop, couldn't stop until well after midnight that night. For me, that's a success. I mean, we're trying to build a storytelling community here in Shreveport and my hidden agenda is that we don't have the best track record on race relations and I would love to create an artistic community that is truly diverse. And of all of the different arts that are practiced here, it's pretty divided. With that difficult emotional situation already there, I'm pretty sure that the critical process that's more a function of, of an artistic process wouldn't work. I think that uh, there's too much tension in the first place and that the last thing we need is, is more critique to put people even further on edge. So they've asked me to do it again, and I'll let you know how it goes in a future podcast. So back to Leah and the moth. They are looking for stories, and of course they get thousands, well, I don't know thousands, but they get a whole bunch of submissions. You can go to themoth.org and see the submissions page, and it clearly states what they want, what they're looking for they can sift through all of those different offerings and choose one or sometimes they decide that they want a kind of story and they hunt it down for instance we want an astronaut story wouldn't it be cool to get an astronaut story and so they hunted down until they found an astronaut with a great story that means you need a network of people who know or know someone who know an astronaut or know someone who knows an astronaut and I think a lot of us, uh, when we're creating storytelling for our presentations, in work situations, or even this community situation I'm talking to you about, we don't have that ability. And we're working with the people that we have. And, and uh, if you, for instance, I have a group of, of 20 people. I need to find eight stories out of the 20 people. So my job is to build people's confidence in actually looking back into their experiences and finding something that does have some conflict, has uh, an edge to it, and building the confidence for them to tell that story. That's not the situation that the moth deals with. Probably the most important thing I learned about the moth is that they're working with these people for you know, like a year, months. And she said some, one time even, even two years. Wow, we don't really have the opportunity to do that. They spend a really long time uh, deciding, you know, should this be before that, try it this way, and going back and forth to get what Leah talks about as the emotional core of the story. She said that the big part is not necessarily shaping or rehearsing story. Sometimes it is, but it's getting to the emotional core. She thinks that uh, people who are telling stories about dark events and... Leah is looking for the darkness in every story. She said that you want the teller to seem almost despicable at some point in the story. Now, 
that's not saying that, you know, everybody is despicable in any way other than saying that humanity always has a dark side. And so their stories, uh, she's always looking for that dark element, which is what builds character depth. A character is flat if they're all good or they're all bad. And so for even the bad characters, my assumption is that she would be looking for something that makes them very redeeming at some point in the story. That's just good literature. That's good narrative structure. And if you are doing this sort of polished professional story, that's what you're looking for. Of course, to our benefit, it hints at what we might want to be doing with our own stories. Personally, I think coaching someone, I would be hesitant to tell them in the middle of the story that they need to reveal some darkness about them. My method is to give people upfront structure and then let them work with that without pulling the plug on them in the middle of the process of coaching. I think that giving some somebody one more damn thing to do in the middle of their story breaks their confidence. And I believe that self-confidence is more important in the work that we're doing than achieving this high level of artistic structure and content. At the same time, I think that Leah teaches us how to mine into the dark and the light how to look for the deeper truth in all of our stories. A dark one has a light moment and a light one always has a dark moment. So that's really, that's really interesting. Now next week I will be, I guess, doing the same thing, summarizing, because there's no way I'm going to be able to edit to the point that Leah likes. And I will try to include some clips of her next time, but uh, I only had couple hours to get this thing out to you and I wanted to do that so I would be interested in hearing how you feel about you know the crappy quality of the the podcast editing that I put out I've always thought that the imperfection of polish uh for I mean I'm a not I'm not a radio personality I'm not an editor I don't know how to do this audio thing that well I'm using GarageBand do you think that you know, perhaps I should reconsider doing the podcast because the editing isn't good. Leah thought that it gives the impression that I'm unprofessional. And people would generalize thinking, well, if she can't do a podcast, then she can't teach storytelling. I never even thought about it that way. I would be interested in hearing what you think. Send me an email at Annette at com. Or you can leave a message on the Story Factor feedback line at 318-479-1077. I will be shifting this podcast to every two weeks anyway, just because I really don't have the time to do an editing process that I'm happy with, much less uh, higher quality. So let me know what you think. I, I promise I'll, I'll keep doing it. But do you think that... Uh, you know, perhaps I should hire somebody to edit this thing. I don't know. I think that it's good enough the way it is, but I'm always wanting to learn and I'm interested in your feedback and having the conversation about storytelling in all forms, audio, oral storytelling, digital storytelling. If the content is good, is it significantly diminished by the quality of the audio editing or the video editing. I've been of the opinion that people 
really appreciate the content and understand that if it took more time to edit that it just wouldn't be out there but I could be wrong tell me what you think and thanks for listening to this 14th episode of the story factor podcast in two weeks I think it's February 4 I'll be sending out the second summary of my interview with Leah Tao take care and tell lots of good stories out there